about, um, when you think about, and I'm going to use the term your God, when I say your God, the God that you worship, okay? You all tracking? Okay. Um, not that he's like, he's mine. Uh, well, maybe you think that. But when you think about your God, the God you worship, what are his characteristics? What are his characteristics? And, and, and I want you to think about what you actually believe. Not like, you know, but, but when you think about that relationship, when you think about what he's like, how you approach him, how you potentially talk to him, um, what uh, following him looks like, what are those characteristics? And the next question I have for you is, are those characteristics your, are, the, are those coming from you? Is that your view of who he is? Or is that view something that's been passed down to you? Is that maybe a view from somebody else? And you've kind of just... Could you say that again? Yes, I can. So, yes, you are. Um, hey, how do you guys turn these things off? Anybody know? Okay, I'm going to talk about dating again. So... Um, so the question is, how, is this a view that has been passed down to you, right? Like for a lot of us, um, and maybe not a lot, but there's a lot of people as a whole that have kind of just adopted a faith, a belief in God that literally was like ingrained into you from your family, right? And so for a lot of us, we've never even honestly thought thought for ourselves when it comes to this. It's just this natural, I believe this because I always just have. Um, and, and, and maybe for some of us, we, we just made some assumptions and we took those assumptions as truth, right? We just assumed that these characteristics would be the qualities in God. And so based upon that assumption, we believe that. Right, and so, so for for some of us, it's been something passed down. For others of us, it's been something that we've kind of pieced together, like our belief of who God is and what it looks like to follow Him, the characteristics of God. We have pieced it together through uh, Instagram posts, friendships, uh, different pastors, maybe different churches that you've randomly popped into, um, and you've kind of just done this. You know, I, I describe it as like this build a bear God, right? Where, where you've taken all these different pieces. How many of you know what a Build-A-Bear is? Right? It's pretty gnarly, right? You go and you get to, like, design. It's, it's, it's crazy. Very expensive, though. Don't take, if you have three kids, you're dead, okay? Uh, one, fantastic. Three, no go. So, but you go and you literally get to design from the shoes to everything, right? This, this bear. And I think for a lot of us, we have, when it comes to our belief in God, what it looks like to follow him and, 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 and doing things his way, it's honestly this like you've just pieced it together based upon things you've heard. And usually it's the things you what? You like. Right? It's, it's, it's the things that, that, I, that I, and we've talked about this in other series that we've done here. It's, it's the things that I naturally would like to believe that are true. It's maybe the way of life that I would like to live, okay? Um, and, and, and so I want, and, and inside of all of us is a desire that we want the God we worship to agree with, with us, right? And so that's something that we need to understand and identify when we talk about what uh, it looks like is where actually uh, it has this perception I have, this view of God, where has that come from? 
And, and, and because that is essentially what uh, you're taking into how you worship him, how you honor him, and, and your view of what it looks like to follow him, and how you view other people and, and question whether they're following him, right? All of that comes into play here. And, and so the question that we have to ask, though, if we are here and we're like, I want to follow the Bible, I want to be a Jesus follower, and the question we have to ask is, does that actually, that view, those characteristics, that belief, that, that, the thing I'm following, does that actually align with what the Bible says about God? That's the question we've got to ask, okay, if we're serious about it, right? Now, if you just want that Build-A-Bear, you want that, you're, not, you're never going to ask that because you are going to be too afraid that it's going to give you something that maybe you don't like. But if you truly want to say, man, I'm a Christian, I want to follow the God uh, of the Bible, you're going to have to go to the Bible to understand who he is and what it looks like to actually understand him and follow him. So uh, this is the question that we're all confronted with, and it's what our friends as well, who are trying to follow God, uh, they are also trying to navigate this question. And so we, um, I, we have to know this. And, and when we think about encouraging friends, challenging friends, a friend coming to you and asking for advice, what are you going to tell them and where's that authority going to come from, right? That's why this is such an important topic because I know, I know that you guys are wrestling with this, okay? Um, even at my age, these are questions that people have in, in my age, that, that they come and they ask and they want to know and they want to understand. And guys, it's even tougher the older you get because guess what? There's more pieces now that you've put in to this whatever God experience you uh, want to have or want to believe in. And so ultimately what I, I feel like this is uh, a response to is the misunderstandings that I continually hear about and run into when it comes to following God is over and over again, um, I, I see this misunderstanding of someone literally going, no, I'm following him. And I go, no, you're not. Well, no, I am. And I'm like, you can't. And they're like, yes, I can. And I'm like, well, by whose authority? By whose authority? And, and, and it's like, then they go, God's? And I go, hmm, can't be his. It can't be. It can't be. If it's the same God. Because what you're saying you can do, what you're justifying as following him actually goes against his word and what he says. I didn't say it. He said it. And so there's this tension. There is this line that we see. And I'll tell you what, you guys, um, we have to define where that line's at because what I'm seeing in our culture and you, in your guys' world and the things you're dealing with is that line has become more muddy than anything I've ever seen. And the reason I've seen it become so muddy, this is my opinion, is um, there is there are there are more um, influencers impacting and um, speaking into your life than ever before. You guys have more uh, information coming at you than I ever had, 
like ever. I mean, there like social media when I that wasn't even a thing. You know, like I grew up in a town. I didn't know anything that was going on outside of that town, right? My parents got the USA Today, the paper, the physical paper, and it was dropped off, and that's how I knew what was going on in the world. Okay, you're like what? Yeah, the internet. It was dial up. Like, you're like, is the Wi-Fi signal strong? Like, dialing. Like, it was ringing. Okay? And, and, and if you got on, it was a commitment for hours because it was so slow. And where we lived, you didn't even get it because we were out in the woods. I know. You didn't know that about me, huh? Yeah. I'm kind of tough. So, anyway, um, it was totally different environment. Totally different environment where you guys are absolutely flooded with not only information, but influencers. And guess what? They're all like, they're all essentially selling you something. And what we've seen in Christian culture, especially in social media, is they're selling you God. They're selling you uh, clicks. They're selling you cool one-liners. They're selling you sermon clips. They're, they're, they're selling you awesome uh, motivational things. And, and, and they're also selling like, a, they're selling you on a, on a God that will agree with what you want. So you can now go absolutely in any direction on all of these different issues and find somebody out there who will biblically say, you've got all the right and, and all the grounds to believe that. And it'll sound really, really good. And, and, and you'll go, oh, well, then it's great because so-and-so said that. And, and, and guys, I've had, I, don't, I can't even count how many conversations I've had with, with, with some, maybe some of you, even in this room, but college students the last five years where they've said, no, this is in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, show me where. And they show me, and I go, do you know what that actually means? Well, so-and-so said, and I go, who's so-and-so? And they're like, well, it's this, it's this uh, you know, Instagram account. And I go, okay. What's the name? I'll look it up, you know, and then I'll go look it up, and then, and then I'll literally say, okay, do you know where this information came from? And then I'll tell them, and they'll go, oh. I go, yeah. Okay, so you're getting all this information, and, and guys, I, I feel bad for you, to be honest. I do. You're, like I said, I never had to deal with that. You know, I, I think for me it was a different problem. It was you get set in your ways, and, and it's the only way you've known, and, and it's a different struggle, right? Uh, but for you guys, it's, it's defining where are the clear lines of what it looks like because everything's become muddy. And you can literally find absolutely, um, for any position you want, you can find someone that will tell you that the Bible will align with it. And that's very, very scary. And so for a, for a lot of you, you're, you're stuck. Maybe you're brand new to faith, and, and, and some well-meaning people have said, no, you can do this, it's fine, and you just believed them because they said awesome thing, they said a great verse, whatever, and, and you just made that assumption and you went with it. Um, but what's beautiful is a lot of times you see the Holy Spirit who indwells us at the moment we follow Jesus. He says something's wrong here, and you feel that, don't you? Some of you have literally been caught up in some things, and, and, there was, and it wasn't even like you talked to someone. There was something in you that went, this just doesn't feel right. And that was enough for you to ask to get some clarity. 
So this is really, really important because a lot of people don't ask. A lot of people just go with it, or they're in a group of people that influences them in that direction. That's the danger of churches, too, is you can find churches now that will agree with you in all of these different positions, and then all of a sudden we've got a great church full of all people that all think and look and act and do the same thing and reinforce certain characteristics that, honestly, you look biblically and you go, whoa, what's happening here? You know, that's why I love that our church is a mess. It is. I mean, I look out and I'm preaching and I'm like, man, you believe that. I know you don't believe that. And glad you're not sitting next to each other, right? Um, but, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because there's tension in that. And there's, if you can agree to, one, understand and know who and what your foundation is in and base everything out of the gospel, you are willing and you want to come to the table and have healthy conversation. And guys, if you're going to understand God you're, and, and, and grow in that, you're going to have to make a decision. Do I want to have the conversations necessary to help me understand and know uh, what this actually means? Because you're going to hit a limit in what you can actually know and understand, okay? And, and so this is just really, really important uh, for us. And so for some of us, you know, um, it's, it's been this weird conglomerate of faiths that we've, we've pieced together for ours. And then for, for some of us, you guys, your, your faith has just evolved. It was one thing, and then it slowly becomes something else because of influence uh, in your life. And so where you are now is totally different than where you were two years ago. And to be honest, you have no idea if you're closer to God or farther from him. Um, you're just kind of going, right? And I think for a lot of us, we just kind of like just go with it and we attend church or, or religious functions just enough to feel like we are doing what we're supposed to. And, uh, and so, like I said, this is, this is important because we don't, if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to uh, really uh, honor God, we got to know who he is. And we don't want to get stuck on this path, on this journey where we actually think we're doing what's right and yet we're clearly not. And so we want to be able to see that in ourselves. We want to be able to help other people who are in that struggle uh, as well. Because all of this, to me, it points to this, this, this singular problem. And the singular problem is it's a, it's a problem with our foundation. It's a foundation problem. Okay? The foundation is everything is built off of the foundation, right? So if, if, if I find myself straying in all these different directions and being influenced and, and changing course and all of this, and uh, there's a foundational issue for me. And, and so we're going to unpack kind of some of these uh, uh, foundations when it comes to who God is. And that's going to impact how we view the world, ourselves, and then other uh, people. Okay, So we, our task is, as we unpack this, is, is the view of the biblical God, the view of the God we worship? And we've got to ask that question, okay? So the, here, we're going to talk through some attributes. Now, there's a couple attributes that I'm not going to touch on tonight that are really big, and I know it. So you don't need to come up to me and say, hey, man, you totally didn't talk about that. I know, okay? So I know. And in fact, there's so many attributes of God, we don't have enough time, period, for the rest of the summer. Um, but we... We're not going to specifically talk about mercy and grace tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about how that plays out um, into our lives and others later. But we're going to unpack some things that speak to his authority uh, and his holiness. Okay? So I'm going to unpack some of those for you guys tonight. So the first thing is this, what we read in Scripture. God is 
the creator. Okay, God is the creator. Okay, in fact, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. This is what it says. If you have your Bible, you can get these things out. If it's on your phone, just double tap it, right? I think that highlights it. In Colossians 1.16, it says this. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So he is creator. He's created everything, and everything was created what? For him. We see in Isaiah 40, 28, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? It says, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That's pretty amazing, right? Um, and so when we think about just the, just the fact that he is the creator, guys, what does that mean? Well, if I believe uh, that, it means that creation itself um, should and, and when I say creation, you and I, were created, we should look to please the creator. Okay, so if he's the creator and I worship him as the creator, right, uh, then I should try to live my life in a way that honors the creator. Okay, if he's the creator, if, I, if that's the God I worship, right? And, and so creation should look to please its creator and then it, it also should look to bring glory to the creator. Right, It should point back to uh, who created it. Right, The temptation is to what? Be the creation and, and, and try to have everybody look at me. Right, But to honor the creator means that I actually, by how I live my life, I'm going to look to glorify and point that glory back to him. Okay, So that's a key thing when it comes to understanding who God is. The next thing is this. God is holy. God is holy, okay? In Psalm 99.9, it says this, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Okay, so he is holy. Now, you have heard that term probably, right? You've heard the term holy. In fact, two weeks ago, wish the Mother's Day weekend, the weekend I was gone, um, Matt, our executive pastor, he preached for me on Sunday and talked about the passages in 1 Peter, Be holy, for I am holy. Right? So, so we've heard this term, holiness. God is holy. What does being holy mean? It means this. He is absolutely perfect in his goodness and his righteousness. Okay, so for him to be holy, one, it means he's totally different than the rest because it, it, literally the term holy means set apart. But then it's perfect in his goodness and his righteousness, righteousness or his rightness. Okay, so he's perfectly good, and he is always in the right. Okay, so what does that do for me? How does that um, shape my life if I believe that? Well, think of, the, the, think of the trust you have that you should have in him if, that, if you believe that. If I believe that he is perfect in his goodness for me, his will, and, and his rightness, so he can't do wrong. What does that do for you? Gives you confidence, doesn't it? It should. I know for myself, knowing that about him, it gives me incredible confidence. The next thing is this. God is love. God is love. In 1 John 4, 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Okay, where is it from? There you go. Good job, guys. 
For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And then later in 1 John 4, 16, it says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. It says, God is love. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So the God that we read about in Scripture, the God I worship, is the originator of love. So he's the originator of love. And in fact, by definition, he is love. Okay, so if I believe that, if that's the God I worship, then my understanding has to be this. If he created love, by definition, he is love, he gets to define what love looks like and doesn't look like, right? Okay, like, like if I came over to your house and you... and and you know, or your apartment or whatever, your dorm, and you created something. And you go, Steve, come here. Look at what I made. You know what I wouldn't say? That's wrong. (laughs) Nope. You would look at me like, what are you talking about? I created that. And I'd be like, it's all wrong. You messed up. No, I created it. I'm the creator. No, it's wrong. You don't know. Yes, I do. And we'd get in a fight, right? Why? Because it's your design, it's your creation, it wasn't mine. So who am I to show up to your dorm, your apartment, wherever you live, and go, no, it's wrong? You would go, get out. And by like, fine, I didn't want to be in your stinky dorm anyway, right? Like, I'm out, okay? But I don't have any right to tell you what's wrong with that because it's your design, it's your creation. Guys, here is a huge problem, and we're going to address this a lot next week. When it comes to love, how we approach it, how, how we give it, all of those things, um, we have, have, have one, just totally disregarded what the Bible says. And by how we interact with each other, love each other, um, understanding of who God is, we have found people that will agree with that. And, and so we just go with it, but, but actually when we look at how we're demonstrating it, how we're living that out, and we look at the biblical definition of it, we go, it can't be right because it goes against the creator of it, right? So, so essentially what I'm saying then is the same thing I'm saying in your dorm room, except I'm saying it to God. I'm like, yeah, that, that's who you are. You defined it. You created it, but it, you're wrong. And, and, and then, and then you, you apply that then to his other characteristics of he's <laughs> righteous, always right, and, and he's perfectly good, right? His goodness is right. So, so who looks just like, like crazy, right, in that moment? I look crazy. So he's good. He lo- he's loving. He loves me, uh, and, and he invites me into not only a love relationship with him, but then he says, this is the love that's going to bring you the greatest amount of joy, the greatest amount of happiness in your friendships, and your romantic relationship, all those things. If you just, like, let me define it for you, and for whatever reason, we go, no, I'm not going to do that, and I'm still going to act like I'm doing what you want. Does that work? Thanks, like one of you. The rest of you are like, it's tough. Like, it's tough because what ends up happening, guys, when we understand who God is, is there always comes a point where we have to address 
will I actually worship him or will I continue to worship me? That's, that's what it comes down to. Because if, if it's not his way, whose way is it every time? It's going to be mine. So, so there I am. I'm Adam and Eve, right, all over again in the garden. Like, I want to be God. I, wanna, I, I want to make the decisions, right, that, that are going to give me what I think I want. And ultimately, he says, do it my way. And so, and so what we read about is literally when it comes to love and, and, and how you're called to love and all that from a biblical way, it should and it has to, if it's his way, align with, one, who he is, and second, how he's defined it and designed it. That's it. So anything that contradicts biblically that, I can't justify and say, oh, no, he's fine with this, or he's pleased with it. No, not if it goes against the creator of it. It just doesn't work. So we we have to come to that conclusion, right? And so for some of you, you've got to look at that. You've got to evaluate and ask in your own life, what does this look like? Right, Because for some of you, you just maybe have built up a God who's got this kind of love or in your mind, if you just, you can do this and do this and do this and still have that. And he's like, no, that's not my way. And so you have to come to the place where you got to go, who am I going to worship? And if it's going to be him, then it needs to align with the creator. Because that first point was what? He is the creator of all things. Okay? Next thing is this. He is sovereign. God is sovereign. All right? In Psalm 103.19, it says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So he's over all things. Okay? So if he's over all things, then his opinion and his ways should be above all other voices, influencers in your life, right? So it says he's sovereign. He's above it all. But the question is, is that true in my life by how I worship him? Is that the loudest voice? Okay, now, when I use the term loudest voice, what I'm meaning by that is the voice that you're listening to, okay? We all have, for some of us, we've got multiple voices, right? And, 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 and if you've got a parent that's like overbearing, you're like, yes. They're going to try and be the loudest voice every time. And, and <laughs> we'll edit that in the podcast. Um, and, and for some of you, and God bless them, I love Christian parents, for some of them, it's going to be like, God and me agree that you need to do this. And you're like, I don't know about that, Mom. Like, and, and, and so there, th- that's when it's really like, you got to really ask, is this his voice? Okay, so he, if he's sovereign, and I believe that, that means his voice has to be louder. It has to be uh, an influencer above all of these other influencers, right? You can even come to me and say, hey, Steve, what do I do? And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to do my best to not give you just my views. I'm going to try my best to give you his, but I'm also going to tell you, you need to hear from him. 
okay? Because his voice should be louder than mine, right? In fact, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble if my voice is superseding his, okay? You'll be in trouble, all right? So if he is sovereign, we have to worship him as such. And that means his voice is the loudest, and you receive it like that, okay? We track him. Um, the next thing is uh, this, okay? And, and here's some terms that you've probably heard. He is omnipotent, okay? He is omnipotent. In Psalm 115.3, it says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. That's a pretty cool statement. He does all that he pleases, right? Uh, so he's omnipotent. He's not that, okay? He's greater than whatever I just said, right? Um, what omnipotent means is he's all-powerful, okay? So he's all-powerful. Now, why is that so incredible? That truth as to who he is will help to shape your prayer life, right? So here's where you really find out if I believe this. What do your prayers look like? Because I'm either praying to an all-powerful God or I'm praying to this or I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. I hope. Please forgive me. Are you there? Or man, he is all powerful. And so, God, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't know how you're going to do it, God. I feel lost. I'm discouraged. But, God, you are all powerful. And so by that authority, I come to you. Right? It changes. Your right understanding of who God is, it changes how you talk to him. It changes how you pray. It changes your belief in what's even possible, right? And that's so important, okay? Um, he's omniscient, okay? Uh, in 1 John 3, 20, it says, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. So what does omniscient mean? He's all-knowing. He knows everything, okay? Um, I want you to just think about the peace that comes from that, that is just all-knowing. So, so there's nothing you've done that he doesn't know about. Now, at first you go, oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> Wish he wasn't all-knowing, right? But think about it. He's all-knowing, and he's still all-in with you, right? That's pretty incredible. So he's all-knowing. He, he knows all about you, <laughs> and yet he loves you. He extends that love to you. So he's all-knowing. And, and, and then I want you to think about how also this plays out in, into our life. Because how many times are we just confused? How many times do we not know where we're supposed to go, what our major's supposed to be, the job we're supposed to take, and the fact that we can, like, cry out to an all-knowing God? Man, that's nice, isn't it? And, and so, it, once again, it impacts how you interact with him. It, it's literally like, I don't know, but I know that you do. And so there's times, guys, if you're going to follow him, that you're not going to have all the pieces together. But because you know that he's all-knowing, you're going to know that you can still follow him and have peace in that. Why? Because he's all-knowing, right? And that gives me so much peace, you guys. I, man, the last couple of years, I go, I don't know anything of what's happening, what's going to happen, all of that, right? But, but you continue to cling to a God that is all-knowing, and that's enough, and that's enough. Okay, so he's all-knowing. Uh, the next thing is this. He is omnipresent. 
Okay, in 2 Corinthians 6.16, it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Okay, so omnipresent. What does that mean? Everywhere. Same time. Now, here's what's so beautiful about that. He's always with you. If you're a Jesus follower, he is with you. He's in you. He is uh, active in your life and all of us at the same time. So what does that mean? I'm never alone. I'm never too far from him. I'm, I'm, no matter how uh, distant I feel, he's still right there. And so even in those moments where I don't feel like I can share what's happened or what's happening with anybody else, I know he's right there in the sadness, in the heartache, in the confusion. He's right there with me. Man, that's reassuring. That's peace. And so these are the things, you guys, that impact us. And then lastly, I want to just unpack this last one. It says, or or this truth about who God is, is he is unchanging. He's unchanging. In Malachi 3.6, it's very clear. It says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Okay? Simple. Right? Prophet is very clearly saying, (laughs) On behalf of God, I do not change. All right? So why is that so helpful? That's helpful because I know that I can go to the authority of Scripture, even when it may not speak to a specific thing that's weird in our culture now, but we can understand the intent and the will and the truth of God into these different circumstances. And we can know and trust that it's good for today because he's unchanging, right? So what's beautiful about this is some of you have had friends or uh, maybe you've had a boss. Is there anything worse than when your boss just continues to change their mind? Oh, it's like, figure it out. Like, I'm just trying to do what you want, you know? If you work at Ecclesia, disregard that. But, (laughs) But that's very frustrating, isn't it? It's very frustrating when someone you're following is going in all these and just switching directions on you. You're just trying to follow. You're just trying to do, right? You're you're, you're trying to do what's right. Guys, what's so beautiful is when you look at God's word and why it doesn't need to be muddy is it's clear and it's unchanging, right? So not only is it clear, but he says, you're getting my intent, my will, and I'm not going to deviate from that. I'm not going to adjust. I'm not going to shift. It is what it is, and it's going to work. It always has. It always will work. You can trust in that. You can cling to it, and you can know that even regardless of what happens in culture, what crazy thing happens, what they'll think of next, how do I navigate that? And yeah, it is more and more challenging, and it's messy, but you can still go and hear the heart and intent and the will of God, and, and and, and he speaks in that enough to where you can trust because he's not moving with culture. And he's an anchor for you because you're always moving, aren't you? Right? I know I am. My emotions, my will, my desires, I'm a mess. Like inside, like I get, and, and unfortunately I have to get up and preach. Like Inside, I'm like. And I'm like trying to like, okay, guys, you just keep doing this in your walk with God. And inside, I'm just like, but I have an anchor, right? I have an anchor. I have an anchor. And the word, I get to cling to it, hold to it, because I know it's unchanging and it's good. And what's so beautiful, the same verses that met me in this place, they meet me in this stage and they meet me in the next stage. And they're the same ones. They haven't changed. It's the same words. And it's crazy how God uses that to remind me of who he is, that he's unchanging and he's there. 
And I think probably the most beautiful part of that is his love is unchanging. That's just an amazing thing, right? I mean, my love oftentimes is fickled. His love is unchanging. So how he viewed you then is how he views you now. He's loved you the same. And uh, that's a beautiful thing, you guys, to understand, to know, and to cling to. And the question is, for you, do the truths I just spoke about, read about, do they align with your view of God? Do they align with the relationship you have with him? Do they align with how you pray to him, how you worship him, um, how you lead, how you follow? Like, what does that look like? Does it align with that or not? That's the question. And that's what we're going to continue to unpack and continue to hopefully give you guidance in. Because we're all worshiping something. Even if you're in here and you're, you go, I don't believe in anything. Mm, you're worshiping something. You are. You're giving the seat of authority to something. Whether it's the God of the Bible, some other God conglomerate you've made, or whether you go, I don't believe in any God. There's still something that you are choosing to listen to that's giving you direction and influence for your life. And so what is that? And if it doesn't align with the God I just read about, Consider that. Consider that. Consider the fact that the gospel message is that there is a God like that who sent his one and only son for you to come and deliver you from all the mistakes, the sin, the craziness in our lives, and to rescue us and redeem us and give us an opportunity of relationship with an eternal father, the father we just read about, and enter into that relationship and follow him, pursue him, knowing that he's got all of those attributes and he wants to express that in your life. That's beautiful. That's available.